Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson. So happy to be with you today, here today, and I've got some of my favorite people here with me again. First off, I've got my buddy, Lynn Woolley. Many of you know him as the Woolley of Cardle and Woolley, heard 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday on Talk 1370 a.m. in Austin. Additionally, we have a couple of local activists here that I am so happy to have here in the in the studio today. First off, I've got Hillary Hicklin. She is a Belton mom who has, what, four kids and is kind of a, a unintended activist, but nonetheless, she is making her mark, and we are just really excited to, to have somebody that has such a great voice speaking out in Austin, but also that the fact that she is here part of our local community in the Bell County area. Additionally, I've got Brenda Howard. Brenda is her own force to be reckoned with. She um, has a lot of years of, of looking at different public policy issues and is bringing some of her perspective into the uh, Bell County area as well. And again, she's been down in Austin studying a lot of these bills and taking a look at what the legislature is doing it, especially with an eye on how these bills will be impacting us. Because one of the things we were talking about here and, and you know, before we were getting started was that I was saying that after having watched a lot of different legislatures over the years, a lot of times it seems like some of the bills that we are looking at or not theoretical so much to say, but they kind of are more umbrella policy type things that seem, seem that they, they make a sense or they, they make an impact in the overall scheme of public policy and government and taxpayers being governed. But at the same time, what we have now are really bills that seem like they have a lot more impact or potential impact on the daily lives of taxpayers, be it things in the education realm, be it things in the election integrity and the idea that, you know, we're coming in and correcting some things, shoring up some things so that people can have hopefully a more confidence that their vote is making a difference. Things with in terms of all of this this gender and transgender issues that is becoming an issue in more and more families across our state that are having to deal with it. And so, you know, and then, of course, also just, you know, your, your more nuts and bolts like property taxes. Um, you know, many of us budget on a monthly basis to 
put money aside to go toward our property taxes. And so anyway, it's kind of interesting that this, this session, I think, really is you're going to see things come out of it or not come out of it that will impact the daily lives of people. So with that, let's get started and talk about um, today our overall topic is kind of education tyranny versus parental rights. So Lynn, start you off here. What are your what are your thoughts, what you're seeing in the legislature and um, goods, bads, highs, lows? Well, it'll be interesting. We have a couple of activists here and we can get their opinion on it. But what I keep hearing is that this is the most conservative legislature that Texas has ever had. So we will see if that comes out after the after the dishes are baked, what, what comes out of the oven. But, uh, you know, I think um, education is big. Three weeks ago, I had a chance to hear Governor Abbott speak at the Texas Public Policy Foundation uh, Policy Summit down at the AT&T Center in Austin. And then the next day, Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick spoke, and, and Jim Cardle and I had a chance to interview him live on air. And then uh, Vivek Ramaswamy came I in and spoke. Vivek. And enjoyed uh, hearing him. Uh, I think he's one of the bright stars that's coming up. You know, I think what we're fighting more than anything else is woke ideology. And how we fight it in Texas, it, we have the blueprint because Ron DeSantis is doing a pretty good job down in Florida, and, and so is, um, is uh, the governor of Virginia, where they had all the mess in Loudoun County. And so I think we can look at those two states and get a, a fairly good idea of what we need to do here. But, I mean, if it's me, I go back to the basics. The little boys need to go to the boys' room, and the little girls need to go to the girls' room, and the girls need to play girls' sports, and the boys need to play against other boys when they play. This has served us well for what? Since way before the days of Christ and, and pr probably millennia before that. And some of the things that the Democrats and the left seem to believe are simple fantasies. I, for example, can identify as a woman all I want, but I'm still a guy. I still got I still got to trim this beard every once in a while. Uh, if I was a woman, I wouldn't have to do that. So it, there are things that are set in nature that are what we used to refer to as no-brainers that now everybody questions. And so I would like to just see us return to normalcy to to take a page from Sarah Huckabee Sanders in her reply to the State of the Union speech. America is now divided not by black and white, not by male and female. We're divided by normal and crazy. And right now, in so many of our areas, crazy is winning. Indeed. Indeed it is. So, Hillary, what do you, what, um, you know, I know you've been spending a lot of time in Austin looking at the different bills and everything and going and talking with a lot of people. Is this your first time really working a legislative session? It is. Okay, well, what do you, what do you think? I mean, as, as a newbie on that, and I mean, you certainly are, are being thrown in uh, at a level that a lot of people, a lot of people kind of gradually wade in. You, and I think to your credit, go, oh, go, go, you. you know, jump in there and do it. But I mean, what has been your overall thoughts and experiences as you've gone through this? Well, don't you feel like everything is just on warp speed? Right now there yes. is no slow fade anymore. We're We're there. And I think like, we've probably heard it a hundred times. Um, COVID brought a lot of things to light. 
And so like a lot of parents, I started to become aware of issues in schools and it was compelling me to action. I couldn't uh, turn a blind eye. Um, the stakes are too high. We're talking about, not, it's not just about my children. We're talking about a generation. This is our communities, our towns, our state, it's our future. And so um, I did my best to get involved locally, speaking before the school board, um, diving into local issues and, and opportunities to volunteer with the schools, um, support teachers, connect with teachers. Um, and unfortunately that just opened a lot of other issues that, um, and also a little bit, I feel like because I wasn't in lockstep with the district, um, and I'm very much pro pro Belton. I love my town, uh, but because maybe there were some questioning or disagreements that I was a little bit marginalized and limited here. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to Austin. Um, and thankfully, there is a lot of movement there. I'm very hopeful with the build. People are people in Austin are hearing from moms and and families, concerned citizens and taxpayers. And they are writing legislation that I that make me so hopeful, actually, um, not just in uh, parents' rights and education, but to stop the sexualization of Texas children. Those are probably my two um, most keyed-in issues. And like I said, I'm just I'm really hopeful. Well, you know, it's interesting because we always, you know, for many years we've talked about local control of education as being, you know, kind of a buzzword, and we would think about. The issues within our community when it comes to education as localized and somewhere with 2020 it was like a turning point where all of a sudden people realized that that issue that I thought I was having in Belton ISD or in Temple ISD or in Prosper or Keller ISD all of a sudden I'm finding out that there's people all over the state all over the nation that are having that same kind of issue, that same exact issue, be it curriculum that uh, they're, you know, that the kids aren't learning because of online learning, be it the sexualization with the content of these books, be it CRT, all of these things. And so it's kind of interesting, I think, you know, for somebody, you know, people like Lynn and I who have kind of watched this for a while to have watched local issues really become nationalized and who gave us more of an example than that than the good old national school board association when they would seem to agree with this point to the extent that they went to the doj and said let's call these people that are bringing this up terrorists no not just in belton not just in keller no no let's do it on a national basis and get the fbi involved well, and one of the problems with that is that we have uh, Merrick Garland, who, thank God, is not on the Supreme Court. Uh, this guy is a, is a weapon for Joe Biden and for the left in, in a time when the biggest priority in a school is no longer. used to have two big priorities in school. One was teaching the kids to read and write and do basic ciphering and that sort of thing. And the other was, uh, you know, to get the football team into the playoffs. Now that's all... That's all on the back burner. Right now, it's uh, it's little Johnny in kindergarten or first grade who comes in and says, I think I'd like to wear a dress. Oh, we got to get you transitioning right now, and let's don't tell your parents. 
And so that's what we're fighting now. And I do want to mention, you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned Belton Independent School District and Temple Independent School District. What is independent about them? And I think the name, it, it's like pay less gas. I've always wondered, do I pay less at pay less gas or is that misnamed? It's misnamed. And I think this whole word independent in school districts should be a thing of the past because they are not. They're all the same. They're all cookie cutter. If you have Superintendent A, maybe Kent Scribner, my all-time favorite superintendent, the late of Fort Worth, who is the worst superintendent ever in the history of superintendents and will always be the worst superintendent ever. But so many of them are just like this guy. And for whatever reason, School superintendents are on that crazy side of normal and crazy, and it's just got to stop. And that they're all alike isn't by accident. No, no. That's that's the thing. That, well, that's part know. of TASB. When they when when, when you yeah. pay TASB ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars to do a superintendent search, are they going to give you a Drayton McLean type? Are they going to come back with a Ross Perot, somebody that knows how to run something? No, they're going to they're going to go with somebody that understands left wing ideology. And of course, TASB is the Texas Association of school boards. Yes, and TASB is the problem. You hit the nail on the head. TASB is in bed with the NEA, and they brought their values to Texas. And so when Colleen ISD, who just lost a superintendent, they're trying to find a superintendent. And so what are they doing? They're paying $40,000 to search for a superintendent. And where do you think that'll come from? It'll come from TASB. And TASB did say they disassociated with NEA verbally and maybe in written form. However, their actions speak otherwise. So TASB is still the problem, Willie. Well, but at least we have Randy Weingarten, <laughs> who is who is on the who is on the other side of crazy. I mean, this woman stands on the Supreme Court steps and rants worse than Chuck Schumer did. And remember, Chuck Schumer's ranting led to an attempted assassination of a Supreme Court judge, and now Randy Weingarten is doing that. Uh, you know, it, it gets back to maybe some basic rules of common sense. Women are women. Men are men. Let's move on from that. I've long ago stopped worrying about, you know, homosexuality. It exists. It's always existed. It always will and fine. But we don't have to, uh, as Hillary was saying, sexualize our children. That's not what school is for. And and uh, whatever happened, and, and I, I don't know, I'll ask Hillary or, or Brenda, either one. I know what Luann would say. But whatever happened to teaching American exceptionalism in our schools, to teaching that, yes, we had we had problems in our country, but, but the, the democratic system, the very words of the Declaration and the Constitution helped us turn that around. Well, Randy Weingarten's theology or ideology has, has literally trickled down to Belton ISD. I have sat in policy meetings and I have watched Belton ISD remove Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. 
They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. The ranking system and decrease the grade point averages so that in the name of equity, students who aren't doing well will be lifted up. But what they've done is they've lowered the standards for all students, and it's the saddest thing ever. I've spoken at at policy meetings, and I've said, this isn't what we should be doing. We should be raising the bar, not lowering the bar, and Belton ISD is lowering the bar. I want to ask Hillary a question. This is direct and blunt, because I'm direct and and (laughs) blunt. Um, If you suddenly woke up tomorrow morning and found yourself superintendent, of the Belton Independent School District, excuse me, of the Belton Dependent School District, <laughs> what is the first thing you would change? Well, I think we've, we've said it. We've got to get ideologies out of the curriculum. Um, there's got to be a stripping down so that we're teaching academics. People should not have to violate their conscience to send their kids to school. Um, There should not be surprises um, or feeling the burden of I have to dissect every um, assignment of my children. I have to prep them to go to school or when they come home, I have to deconstruct um, what's been been put in their their minds at such a vulnerable age. That's the thing. I mean, it's it's really not a fair fight. Um, I can prepare my children all day to encounter peer issues, and that's what I want. I'm pro-public school. I want the world in small doses. I want to frame it with them, journey with them, walk through so that they can mature and be contributing members of society. But it's not a fair fight whenever I am having to undo literal indoctrination. I know that sounds extreme, but that's where we are. And I think the majority of parents don't know. It seems like it's a deprogramming effort that's required. And it's almost, I would think, I mean, being a parent is a full-time job to begin with, but now you have a whole new element of being a parent because this isn't even something that, oh, well, we'll wait to the weekend. It's like, no, almost on a daily basis, you need to be, you know, honey, what was going on at school today? Because you need to get a sense of what was going on so that I know what I need to try and and reverse in terms of, of harmful ideology. And I want to say I'm, I'm grateful for educators. I don't think anybody goes into this profession trying to um, screw up children or ruin um, a generation. So I, I never want to come across like that. I'm very grateful for um, the teachers that my, my students have had overall, uh, my, my children have had. And um, But 
what I'm seeing is that there really is a disconnect for a lot of educators, especially the younger ones, but not not necessarily all of them. There are some that have that have been there for a while who truly believe that they know better um, when it comes to education of a child than the parent, and that is a fundamental disconnect. They are my children, um, and and there really can't be um, a disagreement in that point. Let's. Let's talk about what's happening in Austin. I know both of you have spent time down going in and, you know, attending hearings, visiting with legislators, trying to look at some solutions. I mean, we can sit here and certainly the problems, Lord, we can lament about those all day. And sometimes it kind of feels a little therapeutic to have an opportunity to do that with others who know, who, you know, share concerns with the problem. But what is going on in Austin that could maybe help address some of these things? Brenda? So that's, um, that's a great point. We worked with the school boards and, like Willie said, the dependent school boards. And we realized that they were not on the right path, that they did not have the right direction, and that the only way they would change their ways is from a legislative perspective. So we decided to take this battle to Austin, and we let them know that. We went to the board meetings and said, you need help, you need legislative help, here we go. So off we went to Austin, and Austin is well aware, and and also I'm I'm in agreement with Willie that we have a more conservative uh, set of legislators on the public ed committee. We have Chairman Brad Buckley, which is huge that he was selected, and I believe that was intentional, and I believe that that's a very, very positive thing for public education. So we went there. We started talking to legislators. We started handing out book information. We started talking about the woke curriculum that still exists, even though SB3 was passed in the 87th legislative session, but it did not clean up the problems. So here we are in the 88th legislative session, still cleaning up the mess from the last legislative session. Well, there has to be consequences. I mean, you can say, let's get the wokeness out of the schools, and then you have to define wokeness, and you have to have some kind of consequences. Just uh, passing a law saying, you know, we can't teach the 1619 project in schools doesn't mean that in the classrooms they're not going to essentially teach the same thing They just won't call it the 1619 Project, and that's the only difference. I mean, it's it's like when the left has a problem with the right, they indict. And as we know, they're looking to—Donald Trump will probably be indicted within 10 days of of this record. Okay, so Tuesday, they'll indict Donald Trump. The left does not disagree with people. They destroy— people and that's part of cancel culture and everything else so what we need in the legislature and hillary you may want to comment on this if we're going to be or governor abbott is going to be ron DeSantis, if he's going to get rid of of diversity equity and inclusion and all these things that that separate us it's strange to think but nothing is less inclusive than inclusion if we're going to do that we've got to put teeth in the bill so are you in any way happy, satisfied with where we're going with putting teeth in in some of these bills to get our schools back to teaching what they ought to be teaching. I am. There are several bills that do have enforcement measures, and I've had the opportunity to serve on the uh, subcommittee for the Texas Republican Party to um, stop the sexualization of Texas kids. Um, And that's one of the things that we look for. We look for... um, 
is there transparency in this bill? Is there enforcement in this bill? Is it effective? And so um, some of the bills that I'm seeing are closing the loopholes in the penal code and the education code that have allowed for some of these uh, sexually explicit books and curriculum to get into our schools. I'm very hopeful about those things, but it's not going to go far enough to um, close those loopholes like the obscenity exemption. Um, that seems to be across the board. Yes, we're going to do that. But I want to say that there are seven states that don't have that exemption and they still have the books. I recently pulled out my copy of Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury and read it again. Uh, right now I'm reading Hillbilly Elegy. I'm uh, in the middle of that with J.D. Vance. And that, that there's some amazing things you can find in books. My question, and I'll just ask Brenda this, how, how do you feel when you're against a book being in a school library that's essentially an LGBT sex manual and you're called a book burner? So I obviously disagree with that strongly. And just so you know, in Belton ISD, there are heterosexual books that violate the Texas Penal Code. So there are books where a, an individual, a woman, actually has sex with an alien. There's all kinds of sexualization going on. So as far as the LGBTQ community, um, they're jumping on this bandwagon, but there is overall sexualization of our kids. It has, it's not even an LGBTQ issue. They've tried to hijack that, and that's their talking point. But quite frankly, the sexualization of our kids it's whether it's heterosexual whether it's with aliens whether it's you can be a boy you can be a girl whether you can um be a cat quite frankly it's oh, just the mess, furries the furries yes. right so you get to be whatever you want at belton isd and that's not what we should be teaching our our kids so hillary do you want to jump in on that well, I just wanted to go back to um, the answer about enforcement measures in legislation and specifically um, hold up the Reader Act that is uh, Representative Patterson. And the thing that I love most about this bill is that it puts the onus on the vendors. If you want to sell books to our students, then you have to have content you have to label your own content and versus putting that on the, the parent or the schools and the district. So the enforcement in that is that if you fail to label the content, you can't sell, you go on a list, you're essentially blacklisted and you can no longer sell books to our districts. And I think it's fantastic because it really goes after the motivation of, of money. I want to say for the record that I could not agree more with what uh, Brenda said. Uh, I used LGBT as an example, but I don't want my five-year-old or six-year-old, if I had one and I have in my time, uh, reading any kind of a sex manual in school. Uh, you know, there, it, it's the, the, the left does not seem to understand the concept of age appropriateness. They just don't seem to get that at all. No, no, they don't. I mean, you can't look. A 12-year-old boy cannot go to a movie theater and get into certain movies because of their ratings. But we want to have all that same material in the school library with, with open access. 
That does not make sense. Well, I guess this is one time we could credit the left at least with a bit of consistency because, remember, they want 16-year-olds to vote as well. Oh, well, I think 16-year-olds are smarter than most Democrats, but <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah. they, they've, they've been propagandized and indoctrinated to the point. Uh, well, sure, uh, one, of the, one of the big pushes, and you'll see this in Austin, especially around the university, and I will admit in front of three people here and, and everybody listening that I did graduate from the University of Texas at Austin. But they are very, very much pushing for election centers or polling places on campus because the left knows that if they can get indoctrinated college students to come out en masse and vote, the Democrats will never lose another election. And, and you know, along with uh, such things as ballot harvesting and uh, mail-in balloting right. and uh, soon to come to a computer near you, I'm sure, online voting. And we've got to be careful that ranked choice voting. And ranked choice voting like they l- l- like screwed definitely. up Alaska. Right. Uh, absolutely. But but uh, it, getting getting college students to the polls to vote would be a godsend for one of the two political parties, and it's mm-hmm. not the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Hillary, I wanted to ask you with regard to the idea about the the um, con the books happen to have their content labeled. While I certainly agree theoretically that that seems like a step forward, is there any provision within that to look at when those books come into the school, the person that's going to be moderating those? Because unfortunately, we find a lot of times who's going to be the first point of contact with those books coming into the school may be your librarian. And I mean, I can... Lynn and I go back quite a few years doing radio and everything. I can remember back 15 years ago us talking about how radical the ALA, the American Library Association, had gotten. And that was 15 years ago we were having that conversation. And if anything, they've only gotten worse. And so where do you see that? I mean, is that kind of an obstacle to this bill being as effective as we'd like? You know, it could be. And that's one of the things that I've seen personally is that campus librarians, school librarians, they have a lot of autonomy and not a lot of oversight. And in a lot of cases, they're not even certified librarians. Um, So there's all kinds of standards that are being kind of blurred. Um, when it comes to you know who is in charge of our our school libraries, uh, I am hopeful because if there's a standard that this bill provides, it will um, identify content that is sexually explicit, which means it's against the penal code, or sexually relevant, which means if you are going to provide. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Content on sex to my child by the Texas Education Code, you have to have parental consent. And so those are that's just a real hard line that I'm hopeful and you know, there's gonna be a list. So at least now we would have a list where we could go and parents could look mm. through the digital library and see, okay, does my school have this book and is it correctly managed? Um, because right now what we're finding is, you know, uh, library catalogs are, they, they say, oh, they're available. You can, you can have access to all of it. They're searchable, but they're not browsable. And there's a difference. If I want to find, if I want to know what's in my kid's library, I have to come in first with an author or a title or some kind of searchable um, word. And you're not planning on it being an 80 hour research project. No, right. I don't want to search for porn all day in my free time. <laughs> no. But so it's, it's really hard. And, and I'll guarantee you porn is not a searchable term. Like nothing's going to come up when you search that. So it's really at a disadvantage to the parent right now. Um, so that's why this is a very concrete bill. It's well thought out. It's, it's, um, overwhelmingly supported in Austin and it makes me really hopeful. Well, schools in their defense slightly have a lot of problems. And one of those problems is that they have to teach kids in multiple languages. And Joe Biden now has an open border in the South. And kids are flowing in, not just from Mexico, not just from Central America, not just from South America, but from Middle Eastern countries. Los Angeles School District is said to have to teach in 150 different languages. And I think, I think that that's one of the two big problems schools have. The other one... Uh, which I think relates to our welfare system and and the the whole idea that everybody has a right to this and that and which which the left has has turned into almost a religion, but what we don't have very much of is fathers and especially when you look at an urban area like Chicago, uh, where the south side of Chicago is like the Vietnam War every Friday and Saturday night, and uh, and there's not much publicity about it, but it got so bad that even left-wing Chicago tossed out uh, Mayor Beetlejuice, who uh, was probably the worst mayor in the history of any city ever in, in any country in any place. And then she blamed, what, what was she blamed somebody for it. I can't remember what it was. But I don't think this is something the schools can fix. I think this is something that we have to look at some of the way we run our society. And, and we have got to have more incentives to keep men and women together, and I say the heterosexual model here of a traditional family, when they have children, they've got to stay together, keep those kids in school. Can you imagine in your life, I, I had a mom and a dad waiting for me at home when I got home from school. Uh, it would sit down with me and we'd look at my homework if I needed help. And my mom helped me write reports when I was a little bitty kid, and she made some good grades on those reports, uh, which I accepted. But a kid that goes home 
in South Chicago, East Austin, East Temple, South Dallas, certain wards in Houston, and there's no father there, doesn't know his father, is not a primary English speaker. Uh, mother has got three boyfriends she alternates with uh, on given nights and takes a little uh, cocaine here and there or whatever. How do you expect that kid to excel in school, and especially in the schools we have now? Well, so we've got legislative fixes and societal fixes that we need to do. And from a societal fix, I was really happy to hear one presidential candidate not too long ago mention family formation as part of a policy speech and the need to shore up families. And this is something that we have seen going on in Eastern Europe with countries like Poland and Hungary. They have had government programs that incentivize families having children staying together and so I like it when I hear you know as much as it's like oh last thing we need is another government program well this is one that actually I could welcome and could have some some positive things but to that Brenda just Hillary you know we talked about this one bill as being you know hopefully maybe not the ultimate fix, but certainly a vast improvement. And politics, let's face it, it's not about what you want, it's about what you can get. And so if we can get some movement on that, then, you know, job well done. What are some other bills that you're seeing uh, related to education that you that are kind of giving you hope that can help to rectify some of the problems that we're facing in our schools? So I just jump right into there are many pieces of legislation that are going and their purpose is to help fix public schools. I think the biggest piece of legislation is Governor Abbott's parental empowerment. The minute you bring competition into an area, that's when you have improvement in the schools. The schools won't be improved because there's legislation. They'll be improved because parents pull their children out of those schools, take those children to private Christian schools where there are the values that are those family values. And they base it upon income. So these kids that don't have an opportunity can get first dibs at these these school choice opportunities. So school choice in every business aspect of government, you can spend your Medicare doctors dollars. You don't have to go to one particular doctor. You can go to whatever doctor accepts those Medicare dollars and you have medical choice. There is only one area of government in the state of Texas you have no choice and that's in our public education system. It is a monopoly. And what is so ironic to me about this and has been for a long time is the schools. And I didn't even realize this so much until my daughter got into school. And all the UIL, the competitions that they have. It's not just the sports teams. Oh, no, we're in there and the drill teams go to competition and the cheerleaders go and the theater group goes and the choir and the band, you know, and then we have the robotics kid. I mean, every single everything, you know, you get a competition for the boy with the best smile and who can tie their shoes the best. That's what these schools want to sit and promote. But at the same time, why is it that they are so above teachers? And schools, as an institution, having to compete. That's what, I, that's what just annoys the hell out of me, frankly. Let me throw out a pet peeve that I know about, and I'll bet none of the three of you do. Okay. Lou Ann May. In fact, I may have mentioned it to you. I was rummaging through a closet the other day, and I found a framed certificate I had won 
probably about 20 years ago. It was uh, a certificate of appreciation from the Temple Independent School District for Excellence in Education Reporting. That means I said something on the air that they liked. Uh, and they, TASB has a program for this. Have you noticed all the, the stories in your local paper about this reporter working for either the Temple Telegram, the Colleen Herald, the Austin American Statesman, the Dallas Morning News, winning an award from TASB for excellence in education reporting? That means those reporters towed the TASB line, and they have an entire program at TASB to pressure reporters into reporting what they want reported. And then they make a big deal out of it, and they send these notices out, and you get your picture in the paper and all that. But whenever you see somebody having won an award from the TASB for excellence in education reporting, that reporter needs to be shunned because that reporter is, is kissing their boots. And that's what you have with the print. That's what you have with the broadcast media. And quite frankly, that is why we are sitting here today doing this. But we're not we going to get a certificate. Ah, uh, <laughs> perhaps. I want to mention one but, thing. But, no, I know but seriously, I, that is why, yeah. you know, and anybody listening to this, please understand, that is why we are doing this. This is why I pay for a certain degree mm-hmm. of the resources in order to be able to put this out is because I want to give other voices that aren't going to have a chance to be heard with any degree of, of depth or or necessarily even even candor in the traditional media. That's why we're sitting here now to give those voices, to give that perspective so that hopefully people in the public will be listening to this and get a different point of view. Well, I just want to say, when you read a story that says XXXISD uh, is awarding a certificate to any reporter for excellence, read that story about the award with a great deal of skepticism and see if it is fair and balanced, if it gives both sides uh, watch that particular reporter because now that reporter has been affected by that. That reporter has has been uh, what it was at the Borg. Uh, you uh, you will be assimilated. Uh, resistance is futile. So that reporter now is pretty much owned by the TASB at that point and wants to stay in their favor. That's the whole idea. Now there are some independent reporters that would shun that. Uh, I don't have my certificate hanging on the wall in case you're wondering. Uh, The other thing I want to mention, Texas, unlike some other states, has an online newspaper that is dedicated to excellence in journalism. It's called the Texas Tribune. When the Texas Tribune writes a story about education, believe exactly the opposite. The Texas Tribune's stories are mostly written by 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, who are either interns or just out of journalism school. They're all indoctrinated, and not one word that I read in the Texas Tribune do I ever believe. And we've got to understand and try to convince the HEBs and the metas of the world to stop contributing to this left-wing garbage that we read in the Texas Tribune. It is not a journalistic website. And beware when looking at your local newspaper watch because those local newspapers do also pick up articles from the Texas Tribune. So you don't have to just be going to the Texas Tribune website to be getting Texas Tribune content. So be, you know, mindful 
if at the bottom of your of your article that it does say something about that it was provided by the Texas Tribune. Now, I know we're running close yes, to time yes. here, and I, I want to bring one thing up and get Hillary and Brenda's opinion on it, and that is the takeover of the Houston Independent School District uh, by the state. Uh, apparently, Wheatley High School has a long history of failure in Houston, and very few of the schools are at grade level on reading, writing, or any of the other basics. So, uh, Brenda, you first. What's your thought about that, and is that a good tool to try to fix these schools? Okay, so school choice is my favorite tool for fixing schools. Let's be able to pull kids out of those schools. So that's my number one, and I will plug that for until my dying breath because that, that will solve a lot of problems. Yes, that school was failing for seven years. TEA gave it failing for seven years. They tried to take it over litigation was involved it they were fought and the school has made some improvement but the school is still a failing school so i agree that tea should take over if a school just simply cannot function and that's where they're at they cannot function so i agree with the takeover yeah i'm encouraged to see strong actions taken to um benefit our children um that protecting the children is is a priority. Uh, focusing on quality education of our children is a priority, even over making those hard decisions that obviously um, are are going to be highly criticized um, and difficult. But that's leadership, you know, making the the hard choices. And Hillary, I know that you're a mom and you're an activist and you're trying to get our schools better. But I just want to give you a little bit of a warning, and that is that when your children graduate and they go off to college, you will have to become an activist of a different type because the colleges are worse. So get ready for it. Well, one thing on Harris County or the schools that I would also say is that as someone who is kind of a believer in tough love, I like seeing it happen also because it hopefully sends a message to other school districts that this too can be you. And it would seem, sadly, that of our 10,042 or whatever school districts that we have in Texas, that there are a number of other candidates that could also be in that takeover category. Now, of course, we don't want to see TEA. It's, It's not their sole mission to go out and commandeer the operations of every school district in in Texas, but at the same time, I would like to think that perhaps this takeover would incentivize some other school districts, which I'm kind of laughing and rolling my eyes to myself as I say that. But nonetheless, we can't always hope that perhaps that would be something else that they would um, that they would take to heart and maybe use it as an opportunity to look at themselves, their school districts, and see about improving. Because I agree with you, Hillary. I mean. The loss of these kids. There was something in the in the news recently about how the IQs of kids are dropping, and so we've got the IQs dropping. We've got the suicide rates are up. Yeah, I mean it's just. Well, no, wait a minute. When the schools come in and groom young children to change their sex, I think there's a lot of IQs dropping here, and it's not just with the kids. That has to be the stupidest thing in my mumbledy mumbled years on this earth that I've ever seen is schools, public schools, grooming young children to change their sex. Well, there's such a cultural shift in that the schools, 
you know, you mentioned like some of the teachers that have been there a long time and think they know better. And I think that in a lot of industries, you could see, you know, a, a doctor, a banker, a whatever, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time, so let me tell you how it goes. But the schools, there has been such a dramatic, dramatic shift. I mean, I was kind of concerned back when the schools wanted to have the morning, the before school programs with the, you know, I understand the breakfast side of it, but oh no, you know, we'll have, you, you can bring your kid there at six o'clock in the morning and we'll take care of them. And then the after school programs. I mean, my daughter was in school when a lot of that stuff was, was starting to happen. You probably, similar Brenda. And it was like, well, wait a minute. So you want them from like six o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night. And they do need that eight hours or so of sleep. So I get to work myself in for maybe an hour and a half or so in the day. I was uncomfortable then. But what we have now, it's not only do they want to physically occupy our kids. Oh, and by the way, we have all those competitions on the weekends they have to go to. So that family time on the weekend is hard to get a hold of. I'm... You know, I'm, I've been in here in this fight to have them physically in my life and be able to have time. But now it seems as though the, the, the emotional movement into our kids not only just occupying their physical time, but also occupying their, their mental capacity is just frightening. No, it is frightening. And, and education, public schools used to be educational institutions they did away with discipline so in my opinion they're also now juvenile halls they cannot quite get the kids out that that are misbehaving and now they've added in the social emotional learning the sel piece and they've added that in and they're saying suicide rates are up 10 percent something's happening we need to take care of the mental health of our students. So now we have educational facilities that used to be responsible for education that are now juvenile halls and they're responsible for somehow keeping this kid out of jail and they're mental institutions quite frankly because now they're mental health facilities and schools never were meant to fix all of societal problems and that's not their responsibility, and they should not have that responsibility. Well, I'm going to get controversial now because George W. Bush had a slogan, No Child Left Behind. And I thought, wait a minute. I can think a couple of, of kids that I went to school with that were bullies that uh, may, may have done drugs, certainly tobacco, and who knows what else back in, in the day when I was there, and we're constantly disruptive. Uh, if there's a child that is not educatable, it, it, that child does not need to ruin the education experience for 200 other kids. That so is there correct. are some that need to be kicked out, expelled, let them back in. If they keep doing it, there comes a time when they can't use the public schools anymore because they're not deserving of it. And I realize those kids probably grew up in a broken home and all that kind of stuff. But uh, there, there comes a time when... Uh, you know, it's like the starfish on the sea. You can't save all of them on the shore, but the ones you throw back in the water, those are the ones that have a chance. And we've got to give the kids that come to school prepared to learn. We've got to give them a chance to do it and not bring everybody down to the same level. There's a word for that. It's called equity. And it doesn't it doesn't work. It never has, and it never will. Okay, as we start winding down here, Brenda... Just kind of final thoughts. Are there some other bills that you want to run through real quickly that you 
been kind of watching in terms of Austin and that people listening to this could find interesting, maybe want to weigh in themselves um, as we move? Because we're what? We're about halfway through the legislative session. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if there's any other bills that you want to go over briefly or, or any other thoughts, please, and then we'll let Hillary do the same thing. So there are several education bills, and one of them has to do with your point, Luann, when you said that uh, Houston needs to, or, or the other ISDs need to take note. TEA has, um, there's a bill that is about the, for the purpose of if an ISD has five TEA complaints, then it escalates now. You can't just have 20 and 23 TEA complaints sitting there doing nothing. So if that one passes, the ISDs have to be on their best behavior for that. And then there's a curriculum bill. Uh, Representative Brad Buckley's got that one. And that one is where TEA has actually created curriculum. Just for a, a bit of historical information, prior to 2011, State Board of Education approved our curriculum. So we decided that independent school districts needed to have their own curriculum and, and their own ability and their own autonomy to have their own curriculum. So we let that go in 2011. Test scores since 2011 have gone nowhere but down. So that was a mistake. We need to go back to curriculum that's approved by State Board of Education so that there's standardized education throughout the state of Texas and they don't just have this autonomy. So there's that going on as well. And I'll just close on, please, 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 school choice, school choice. I believe competition breeds excellence, and that's what we need. I'm going to piggyback on where Brenda left off. Uh, we talked about some legislation that addresses specific issues. And then, um, Luann, you began by talking about some umbrella solutions. And in my opinion, I do feel that school choice is, is that umbrella solution. Um, we can, Brenda and I have joked that we feel like we're playing whack-a-mole with the issues in schools. Um, it seems like every time we, we, um, tackle one issue, five more um, pop up. And at some point we've got to step back and say, okay, what's the bigger picture here? What could self course correct um, overall? And I really believe um, that school choice is the right direction for that. So my favorite of those bills um, is actually Senator Paxton. Um, it's SB 2483. It's really simple in establishing um, educational savings accounts and um, kind of outlining what that could look like. And I might add, in terms of these umbrella uh, type legislation and the whack-a-mole thing, because these things keep popping up, other issues, other other challenges keep popping up. One of my favorite umbrella bills that needs to always be looked at is something in the vein of taxpayer-funded lobbying, banning taxpayer-funded yes. lobbying, because yes. as we mentioned, TASB, Texas Association of School Boards, throughout this, they are one of the culprits in which, for people who don't understand, your tax dollars are going to school districts who use your tax dollars to buy membership in Texas Association of School Boards. Texas Association of School Boards then has personnel on staff, also known as lobbyists, who come to the Capitol and they lobby, they advocate 
for bills that use your tax dollars against your interest. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I'll just I'll wrap up very quickly uh, re- re- responding to Brenda and to Hillary. I find it very interesting that the Biden Justice Department last week or week before filed a lawsuit to prevent the merger of JetBlue and Spirit Airlines because it would eliminate choices for the public. And then they don't do that for the schools. And, and I, I'd like to see some consistency there. My own my own uh, occupation, I've been in radio for many, many, many years. It used to be the greatest thing you could do. I loved radio. I lived and breathed it, always wanted to do it. And then in the, um, I guess, late 70s, early 80s, uh, when we had the radio consolidation, it, it's it's totally different. The competition level is down. Uh, and everything is made better by competition. So let, let's get that school choice. Let's end on that because I think mm-hmm. all four of us believe that that is the, the way to fix this. If a parent doesn't like DEI in schools or wokeness, maybe have 10 other choices over here and find the one that you think will best suit your child, and that will create excellence. And remember, school choice doesn't cut out the public schools. If that is your choice to keep your child in a public school, more power to you. Go for it. That's fine. But it's just a matter of children should not be trapped in those public schools that parents feel are not well-serving their children's interests. So with that, thank you to everyone for being here. Hopefully we've helped the folks listening get some good information, and we're going to be doing a few more of these, especially as we move toward May with the school board elections coming up. We'll be talking with some candidates. And then also as we get into the final stretch of the legislative session, there are definitely going to be some opportunities, some calls to action where we want to encourage other people that, you know, they may not be going to Austin every week the way Brenda and Hillary are. They may not be following it the way Lynn and I are. But at the same time, there are ways in which you, as the taxpayer, the parent sitting at home, can also help weigh in and let your legislators know what you're thinking. So we'll be talking about all those in the upcoming weeks. Meanwhile, thank you so much. I've been sitting here with a very, what I consider to be a courageous panel. And what I would always remind people is that courage is contagious, so let's go out and spread some around. This is Lou Ann Anderson for Political Pursuits. And Lynn Woolley for Planet Logic. Be logical, everybody. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.